0: All right. So for this episode of Inside a Millennial Mind, we have Mark Tabersian. He's CEO of Pershing Advisor Solution with uh, Bank of New York. He's also one of the 25 most influential people in financial services as uh, recorded by Investor Advisor. This has been 14 times. He's written five books, and it's an incredible honor to have you on my podcast. So
1: welcome, Mark. Great. Thanks for being here.
0: Uh, yeah, so I want to get started on, you know, talking about something that you're championing right now, and that's reverse mentoring. Hmm. Can you explain to our audience a little bit about what reverse mentoring is and how it's benefited you?
1: Sure. So the concept of mentoring, I think, is familiar to people. It's different than management. It's the whole idea of having someone with wisdom and insight uh, provide guidance to other individuals uh, so that they can progress in their career or make an impact or make choices that are going to be different. One of the things that occurred to us at at Pershing, uh, a couple of my colleagues came up with the idea, is that uh, when we looked around our executive suite, we found that we had uh, people who were mostly my age and mostly my gender uh, and mostly my race. And so uh, clearly we weren't getting the diversity of thought that that we required. So Jerry Tamburo, who was with us at the time, uh, pulled together two of his young star employees and said, we need to come up with an idea that will be transformative for the business. So they contacted other people around the country to come up with this idea of changing the dynamic where young people become the mentors to senior executives uh, to guide us on the choices we're making. And so that uh, began about five years ago. Uh, I've now had the, the benefit of uh, three reverse mentors. I'm on my fourth one right now. Uh, they're not firing me. We just uh, we have a rotation, and it's uh, it's it's a process that we're going through.
0: That's awesome. So, you know, before you got into doing the reverse mentoring, what was your initial uh, opinion or perspective on millennials, and has that changed?
1: No, I don't, think of, uh, I don't think of generations the same way that uh, that many people do. You know, it's, it's kind of disturbing to me sometimes when I read the trade press or the general press because there's this perception that when the last boomer dies, the world will come to an end. And the reality is that we all go through changes through our life cycle. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I had many of the same values and experiences and perspectives that people in their 20s are today. Uh, there are differences in experiences, though, and I think that that's that's the um, the approach I take to it. Is that you have uh, you're a, you're a digital native. Uh, I was not. I mean, uh, personal computers came into being after I was an adult. Uh, you uh, communicate in different ways. You do things uh, in uh, many people do. Generalizations are tough, but uh, the way in which you decide, the way in which you entertain yourself, the way you think about. Uh, your relationship with others is quite different, so uh, I I always appreciated the diversity of uh, of individuals, regardless of age or sex or uh, ethnicity or religion. And uh, my attitude was uh, not not that millennials are entitled, but that they uh, have had a different series of exposures uh, to issues that might have informed their opinions differently.
0: Mm-hmm. So, speaking on those exposures and our experiences what have you learned from us and what can other executives learn from us in terms of you know anything when it comes to being a digital native and technology or just an attitude that we might carry
1: one thing that's important when we talk about this notion of reverse mentoring is that uh, it's not about technology it's about experience it's about perspective it's about an approach to decisions that uh, we might may not have taken before And I say that because in the beginning, I thought it was going to be a technology discussion, and uh, I don't think we talk about that at all, to be honest. So uh, when I look at what we can learn, uh, one of the things that I find most helpful is when I'm contemplating a decision, and I can run it by my reverse mentors, how would you look at this question? What would be the questions that you'd ask to process the decision? What it does is it gives me a point of view that I just don't have the luxury of asking because when you get to be my age and my position, you've experienced a lot, and you tend to quickly come to a point of view that may not be right. Uh, you know, We have built-in biases uh, or uh, instincts to do things that we have to keep challenging ourselves. So I think the things that, uh, that I'm learning uh, are um, – ways in which to communicate differently, uh, ways in which to value people differently, uh, ways in which to uh, lead and manage and cultivate and develop people differently. So uh, so I think that this whole process has made me a much better uh, leader than I was. And the things I'm learning are more about the experience and behavior and less about the tools and the technology.
0: Yeah, that actually makes total sense. So what have you noticed in terms of your leadership style has shifted based on you know, this new perspective that you're, you're, gaining, you're gaining?
1: It's subtle. Uh, I would say that uh, my style has always tended to be inclusive, but I think that uh, one of the things that I tend to observe now is a tendency to listen first and talk last, uh, which uh, is hard to do when you're in this position because you know, there's a tendency to say, well, I know what I want to do, so let, let's talk about what I want to do instead of thinking about what's the problem I'm trying to solve. So I think the order of priority changes, and the order of the top down. Yeah, to exactly, and and so frankly, you know that's a, that probably is one of the discoveries of uh, you know the new emerging businesses today uh, seem to be organized around the behavior of individuals. And I think that's a fundamental shift from how American companies, in particular, have functioned for many decades. Uh, You know, when you think about, uh, let's create a product and sell it, uh, rather than saying, let's understand uh, the behaviors and the expectations and the needs people have and create a solution for it, that's really quite a different orientation.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, in the beginning of the podcast, you talked about the composition of our industry. You know, older, male, white. What do you see the future being? Is it going to be a you know a more diverse group of people? And you know, where is this industry heading?
1: I have the opportunity to serve on the CFP Board uh, uh, Center for Financial Planning, and I I chair a committee on workforce development. And our primary mission is to address uh, not only the shortage of talent within the advisory profession, but the lack of diversity. Twenty three percent of CFPs are Women and uh, only eight percent are people of color. Yet the faces of our community are quite different. So uh, our hope is that we can draw more people in the business that are not only a different demographic by age, but are a different demographic by ethnicity, by gender, by uh, religion, by other elements that are important in a pluralistic society. So. uh, I think that uh, our challenge is making this a profession that is compelling to young people. And when you think about it, it should be because you're well-rewarded financially. uh, You're intellectually stimulated. You have a degree of independence. uh, You profoundly impact the lives of others. Just to add long walks on the beach, it's a pretty good personal ad. Mm-hmm. And so if I think of uh, a younger person making a career choice, either changing careers or contemplating a career, this has all the elements that young people seem to look for is to say, I want to live my life with purpose. I don't want to work for a living. I want to work for a reason. And, uh, and you contemplate how this profession can make that difference. Uh, it's unbelievably attractive.
0: Yeah, so speaking on on the profession itself, where do you see the future being? Because, you know, in my opinion, I see I see us as you know, investment managers, financial managers, and it's all about the money right now. But for me and people like myself, we kinda like this little hand holding and finding other opportunities in terms of tax planning, basically life management. Is that something you see happening in this industry?
1: I think that uh, evolution has been happening uh, especially fast over the last decade, but it's been evolving that way probably over the last 30 years. Uh, When I started in this business, it was all about the money. It was all about uh, the investment performance and the selection of the right investment solutions. When uh, planning became a profession in the 70s, I think that began to change the conversation And now today, I think the way in which it's evolving is uh, people are looking for help on life choices. So uh, for example, uh, people of means often want to think about what kind of impact they can make with their wealth, uh, or uh, how are they going to leave a legacy? Uh, What other choices should they make uh, in their lives? So as an example, there's an advisory firm that we work with who recognized that uh, all of their clients or most of their clients loved high-end travel. And uh, so they uh, hired a hotel concierge uh, to be part of their staff. This is a financial planning firm uh, that to become part of their team to work with their clients on enhancing the experience around something that was important to them. It was a form of consumption. Uh, it was a form of spend. And it was a choice in how people spend their lives. And there are other ways to do that. Some people have brought uh, psychologists or psychiatrists into their practices uh, dealing with generational transfers and the dynamics of that. So your idea of, uh, of it being about life choices, I think, is completely where it is. And for that reason, I wouldn't be surprised to see people coming into this profession who are not financially uh, oriented in their degrees uh, but may be social workers or psychologists.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a, an emotional and behavior behavioral industry. So you know, you've you've accomplished a lot in your career. Um, what's next for you?
1: Well, uh, this is my seventh career, so uh, I'm like a millennial. I can't <laughs> keep a started. job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everything is new. And so I started as a journalist. Uh, my very first job was writing and reading obituaries on the radio. Uh, So uh, it's different. uh, It's Uh, it's not something everybody does. And I wrote for a general assignment newspaper and a financial magazine and had a long career in consulting. So today, um, this opportunity, I've been with Pershing now for 10 years. I moved from Seattle to New York to take this on. And uh, this is a wonderful culture that the company has created even though this is an organization that was founded by Alexander Hamilton it's the oldest financial institution in the world we think fresh we think differently and uh, and we look at uh, how we can approach problems to continue to be relevant so for me i'm quite stimulated by it i'm stimulated by the fact that uh, uh, the enterprise has decided to invest more in our business which is uh, pr- providing custody solutions to RIAs and family offices and, uh, and as long as I can continue to grow and develop and make an impact that way, this is my what's next. Uh, but no doubt about it, uh, uh, I would never retire. I would just do something different. And I always have to think about how I can make an impact wherever I am.
0: Absolutely. it's a great answer. So, you know, on the opposite side of that, if you were talking talk to your 25-year-old self, what, would, what advice would you impart on them? Would you, you know, tell them about? You know, through your, all,
1: all your experience you've had? I am not one who lives with regrets. And frankly, my 25-year-old self probably has a lot to regret. <laughs> uh, so, uh, But I look at those as life experiences, and I think that people have to be careful about being too conscious and too planned, uh, sometimes uh, be extemporaneous and reactive and uh Feeling is as, is as important as being deliberate about the choices you're making. So if I were to reflect back on a course that I might have taken differently, it, it might have been around taking control of my personal financial life earlier. And I even noticed that in the advisory business, ironically, is that there are many people who have been in this career for years and they don't always practice what they preach, that they're desperate for the dollar uh, as well. And so uh, I think I think being more aware of my habits, my tendencies, things that we all have, would probably have made me, um, uh, might have created a different turnout. I have no regrets, though. I have nothing about my life that I'd say, that was really bad and I'm in tough shape. But that would be something that might have altered the course a little bit.
0: Yep, I completely agree. And it's something that a lot of people my age have to be aware of is, being conscious of, of their finances,
1: yeah, I think that's an opportunity for someone like you and, and people coming into the profession is, uh, you know, there's a there's a tendency to uh, use the internet to solve problems like, uh, you know, what is that symptom and how do I go to WebMD to right. discover it or, uh, or, uh, or using a computer for other applications, and I worry sometimes that people rely. Uh, too much on technology uh, when sometimes wisdom from interacting with a human being is important. I would love to see the profession evolve in a direction that it isn't about the assets, but it's about the choices. And hopefully uh, your listeners, your constituency, will be thinking about engaging someone like you to help think about those decisions going forward.
0: Well, I really appreciate your time, Mark. Uh, It's time to have a good night and reflect on how awesome this week's been.
1: Thank you so much. Awesome.